Well, Merry Christmas and hello, church. My name is Ethan Magnus, one of the ministers here. So glad you are here with us today as we are preparing for Christmas and ending our year. Man, we are having a great Christmas season, and we're glad you're here to be a part of it today. If you're a guest with us today, you're in the right place. Glad you're here with us. I want to say thank you to all those of you that have already uh, contributed to our end of year offering. That's an important part of our year. It helps us end the year strong, prepare well for next year, but it also directs our attention beyond our four walls. Some of you remember how we do this every year. Uh, for the whole month of December, 20% of everything that's given goes beyond our walls uh, to the work of God somewhere else in the world. We've got some fun stuff going on this year. Uh, we're supporting the Christian Evangelical Fellowship in India to plant churches. We're supporting the SEND Fund, which funds residencies and interns here in our region. Habitat for Humanity, we're partnering with some churches to build a house. And Brothers Keeper, which is a local ministry that cares for adults with intellectual disabilities. Uh, so if you want to give to that end of your offering, just whatever you give to the main offering for the month of December, 20% of that goes to these special projects. I love seeing what God does through our generosity. Uh, in this season. And we are definitely in the season, right? Like it is the Christmas season. The countdown to prepare for Christmas is on us. Eight days till Christmas, only five days till our first Christmas Eve service. Maybe you wonder why do we start so early, right? Well, I talked to a family last week. They're, they're driving to visit relatives on Saturday. But they said, they, were, they said, we're so glad we have such an early Christmas Eve service so that we can still be a part of the Christmas Eve service before we leave town. Um, for me, the, the countdown to Christmas, these last few days for Christmas, always means a couple things. One, it's busy getting ready for Christmas Eve service. And for me, it always means it's time to start Christmas shopping. Right? You know, that's, that's what that means. Um, in case you're wondering, it is officially now last-minute Christmas shopping. That's the way it works. If you were shopping yesterday, that was not last-minute. You were ahead of the game. You were amazing. But today, the, the Sunday before Christmas Eve, that's the rules. That's when last-minute. Um, so that's what I'm doing uh, this week. Anybody else with me? Anybody still working on their shopping list? Is it just me? Oh, a few of you. All right, good. Um, well, you all can maybe help me. I'm stuck on a couple. I'm stuck on a couple of things. Um, I've got one person I want to buy for. Uh, I always do a, a restaurant gift card for this person, and they're a huge fan of meat. Uh, so does anybody have, like, where's a place you would, anybody have a good idea for me? This person wants to eat meat, restaurant gift card. Anybody got one for me? What's that? What's that? What's, what? What's the word she's saying before barbecue? Mart RJ's? I've never heard of this place. Project Barbecue. Oh, that's the one up by the furniture store, right? Yeah, yeah. Is, is that the one that you, every time you go there, it's closed? Is that the one? Yes. Um, I didn't know it was open. I've only been there when, the, I've turned around in that parking lot many times. Um, and driven to Red Pig. I thought it was actually, I thought that whole place was just a sign for Red Pig. You drove there, it was closed, and you went and ate at Red Pig instead. Okay, well that's great, okay. Well, so you can, you can spend money there too, I didn't know that. Okay, good, I've got somebody else I need to shop for, somebody else I need to shop for. Uh, they like coffee, I don't drink coffee, and not like the Dunkin' Donuts drive-through, but like they like to go to a place and drink it for like three hours, you know, and kind of sit there. I don't do that kind of thing, so I need an idea for that. Anybody have an idea for that? 
What's this? Open doors, somebody said, open doors. Okay, all right, okay, good. I heard some others too. Open doors, okay, that's good, that's helpful. Uh, last thing on my Christmas list that I need to do, um, and, I, and I'm not good with the stores, and I can't do Amazon, none of this online stuff. I'm like, drive someplace, hand them green pieces of paper. In exchange, they hand me things. That's kind of the way I shop. Um, so, but I need to buy somebody whimsical pajamas. Anybody have a recommendation for where you would buy whimsical pajamas? I need something, anybody? Target? Yeah, I heard of Target. Okay, all right, good. So Project Barbecue, uh, the restaurant that's never open, um, and Open Doors and, and Target. All right, good. Well, that's all I needed. Uh, that's really all the time we have for today. I think the band's going to come out. Um, but no, no, no. Okay, no, here's the thing. Okay, here's the thing. That thing we just did is an essential human skill, right? The thing where you know something somebody else needs to know and so you tell them. Like, that's a thing we do as people all the time. You know something that somebody else needs to know, and, and so you tell them. And some of us are really good at this. Like, we're telling people what they need to know all the time. Maybe more often than they really need to know it, because we're that good at it. Uh, some of us aren't so good at it. You know, we know things other people need to know, and we sort of sit on it for a long time, and we finally say, hey, you know, you, you probably need to know this. But, 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 but whether you're good at it or bad at it, that's a thing that all of us, it's like an essential human thing, where you know something that somebody else needs uh, to know. Uh, the, the rule is this. When we have good news that we know, we just know that everybody we know needs to know what we know. Those are the rules. When we have good news that we know, we just know that everybody we know needs to know what we know. And today, I just want you to, very simple sermon today, I just want you to consider the truth that that applies in your spiritual life as well. You have good news that you know, and you can just know. You don't have to wonder. You can just know that everybody you know needs to know what you, what you know. We've been learning about these good news, this good news for the last few weeks as we've been introduced to Jesus. And some of us, when you hear this thought that you're going to be introduced to Jesus, it can be tempting to say, oh, I already know Jesus. I don't need to get to know Jesus. But we've learned that actually that we can be pretty forgetful. And we actually do need to be reintroduced to Jesus. We, we've entered the Christmas story. We sat with Mary and Joseph. We stood next to Zechariah as they were introduced to Jesus. Uh, with Mary, we were introduced to a king. The promised king of the house of David who would defeat every enemy, who would bring humility to the powerful, the proud, and the rich, and who would bring hope to the meek and the humble and the poor. With Mary, we were introduced to a king who would reign over our lives. In fact, we discovered that if we give allegiance to any other master, if we serve any other Lord, even when we claim lordship over our own lives, we are in rebellion against this king. With Joseph, we were introduced to a king who is called Jesus and Emmanuel because he is with us and he saves us. 
we discovered that this mighty king come to defeat our enemies and destroy all those who oppress us is not coming to us as a tyrant, but in fact is present with us to save us. And then last week, Janet took us to stand alongside Zechariah. As Zechariah introduces us to his son, John the Baptist, who will introduce us to that king. Zechariah described him this way. He said, he will rescue us from the hand of our enemies and enable us to serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him for all our days. If you don't know Jesus very well, or if you've forgotten, that's who Jesus is. He is the king who defeats our enemies, who is with us to save us so that we might be able to serve him without fear and follow him in paths of holiness and righteousness for all of our days. And every other king falls short of that. In fact, every other king is actually out to get you. There's a myth that, that somehow the lordship of God, the lordship of Christ in our life is sort of a killjoy come to rob us of the fun and pleasures of this world. But it's quite the opposite. The Lordship of Christ has come to give us joy and goodness and life in this world. It is all the other kings that are come to steal from us. The Lord of the kingdom of the air, Satan himself, is the one who wants to use the promise of pleasure and power and possession to instead ensnare us and enslave us. The petty kings and rulers of men... They are not worth your allegiance. Those who rule over us, they do not seek our good. They seek their power. We're coming into a political season, right? When every time you turn on the news, somebody's giving a speech, right? It's such an interesting exercise. Just try this sometimes. Just compare the promises and the values of our political leaders against the promises and values of Christ. Just put them next to each other. And notice what a different sort of king we have in Jesus. Even our own lordship. Even we, as masters of ourselves, we are not even worthy masters over our own lives. For we settle for short-term gain that leads to long-term loss. We look back at even our own lordship and ask, what kind of master were we to have wound us up in this situation? Only Jesus is the worthy king, the king who is present to save so that he might lead us to serve him without fear. And we can follow him in paths of holiness and righteousness for all days. I love that promise that we can live a life without fear because of who Jesus is and what he's done. I love that. 
I, I can't exactly remember when I stopped being afraid of myself. I stopped being afraid of my own weakness, failure, sin. I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm still disgusted by it. I'm still disgusted by my sin and weakness and failure because it's degrading to me, embarrassing to others, and it's an affront to God. I still hate my own weakness, sin, and failure because it's self-destructive and hurts the people I love. I still resist my own sin and weakness and failure because I desire to live the life God has for me. I want to take hold of the life that is truly life. I'm just not afraid of it anymore. I'm not afraid of my weakness, my failure, my rebellion because of who Jesus is. Jesus is with me and he is mighty to save. And, and having a good king reign over your life means you don't have to be afraid anymore. I do not fear my enemies because my God has defeated them. I do not fear death because my king has risen. I do not fear eternity because my king has gone before me and secured for me a place. I don't even have to be afraid of me anymore because my king is with me and will save me. And that is amazing news. That is better than knowing where to get whimsical pajamas or knowing the secret to finding out when Project Barbecue is open. That's better even than that, right? And when we have good news that we know, we just know that everybody we know needs to know what we know. That's just the way it works. When we have good news that we know, we just know that everybody we know needs to know what we know. Which leads me to today's introduction. The introduction of Jesus to the shepherds. We're in Luke chapter 2 today. The very heart of the Christmas story. The, the most Christmas story, Christmas story you ever heard of a Christmas story. This is, this is the Christmas story, right? The one that Linus reads in the Charlie Brown special. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. It was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor and everyone went to their town. So Joseph, even though he, he lived in Nazareth, he was from Bethlehem, so he had to go home so he could pay his taxes, you know. He went there with Mary. They were engaged. She was pregnant. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. Now, of course, Mary and Joseph, they'd already been introduced, right? We talked about that a couple weeks ago. They'd already been introduced to the baby. They didn't even get to name him. They were told what his name would be. They'd already been introduced but there were some shepherds out in a field nearby keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord came to introduce them to Jesus. 
The glory of the Lord shone around them. They were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You'll find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, the crowds showed up. And they began to sing, glory to God in the highest heaven, on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. And when the angels were gone, the shepherds said to one another, we got to go. We got to go. We got to go to Bethlehem and see this thing we've been told about. So they hurried off. They found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger. When they'd seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And everybody who heard it was amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they'd heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. The shepherds get introduced to Jesus. Luke 2, verse 10. The angel says to them, Don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. That's their introduction. I mean, what is the news? Well, today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah. That, that was the promised anointed king. This, this same, every introduction in the Christmas story is a reminder of a king. He is the Messiah, the Lord. But the focus of their introduction is that this news is for all the people. I, I think we sometimes are, are, are looking for complexities in the text when what we find in the text are simplicities. Who is the news for? All the people. Like, all the people. This is why as hard as it is, Christians, we must not let go of the command to love our enemies because Jesus is for all the people, even our enemies. This is why as hard as it is, Christians, we must not let go the, the, the command that we must remember the hungry and the homeless because this is good news for all the people. This is why as hard as it is, we must remember Christ's command to see those we pass by on the side of the street, to recognize those that we break bread together with because this is good news for all the people. All the people. Even the ones we would leave out. This is why we wear t-shirts around here that say, for everyone. For everyone. People sometimes get confused by what we mean about that. They'll say, well, that church isn't for me. Their preaching is terrible. Ah, that church is not for me. That's not what we mean when we say for everyone. We don't mean everybody's going to like us. We mean that we love them. That's what we mean. We mean we are for everyone. Not we're for everyone. No, of course, some people won't like us. Some people will. That's all right. We mean we are for and We are on their side. You, you pick a person. We're on their side. Pick somebody. We love them. Pick a person. We want, th we want goodness and blessing in their life. And most importantly, we want the blessing that comes from a relationship with Jesus Christ. We are for them. The shepherds get introduced to Jesus, who is good news for all 
people and they know exactly what to do. As soon as they're introduced, the first thing they say is, we have got to go meet Jesus. Verse 15, when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. We've heard about him. We've been introduced to this one who is good news for all people, the king who is the Lord, and we've got to go meet him. And I just want to say that is still good advice, folks. When you hear something about Jesus, the first wise response is to run to Jesus. Go meet him for yourself. Someone says, the Lord is faithful to hear us when we pray. Go find out. Go to him in prayer. Someone says, the Lord is merciful and just to forgive. Go find out. Confess to him your sins. Someone says to you that, 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 that God is on your side, an advocate for you in times of struggle. Go find out. Bring to Christ your suffering and your pain. Someone says to you the community of God's people is faithful and welcoming for those who are lost and weary and brokenhearted. Go find out. Come to us and let us prove in our lives the love of Christ for you. The first thing they do when they're introduced to Jesus is they run to him. Let us go see for ourselves. And some of you need to do that today. You have heard about Jesus, but you have never for your own self and with your own life pursued him. Today, go see for yourself how good Jesus is. And when they have seen for yourself, themselves. What do they do? They go tell everybody else. Verse 17, when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. These shepherds would have had so many potential excuses, right? They were busy. It was a work night for them, right? They were in, they were literally, they left work to go see the baby, They had sheep to get back to, right? They were social outcasts. Most of the people they would have been talking to would have no interest in talking to shepherds. And and who's going to believe them, right? Some shepherd knocks on your door in the middle of the night. We saw an angel in the field, and there's a baby, and it's just everything, and he's in a manger. And and you know what everybody in town is going to say. Drunk shepherds again. Oh my goodness, if we had a nickel for every time some drunk shepherd knocked on our door with some crazy story about babies in mangers. Just, oh, it's always the drunk shepherds, you know. They were busy. They were outcasts. They were unwanted. They were unlikely to be believed. But when we have good news that we know, we just know that everybody needs to know what we know. It's just the way it works. This is how you find out where to find whimsical pajamas, and it's how you find out that Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world. So when they were introduced to Jesus, what did they do? They ran to Jesus to see for themselves, and then they told everybody what they'd seen. They hadn't even seen very much. Think of all the questions people would have had. They wouldn't have known any of the answers, right? But they'd seen enough to begin to tell what they'd seen. 
My message for you today is very simple. I believe that our assignment in response to being introduced to Jesus is exactly the same as the shepherds. Having been introduced to Jesus, run to him so that you might see his goodness for yourself and then tell people what you know. The Lordship of Christ is good news for your life. Go find out. Go, go see him. Go meet him. Go run to him. Ask him to direct and guide and redeem and save you and begin to experience the love of a king. And then, as you have that experience, go tell others what you know. Eight days till Christmas. Five days till the Christmas Eve services start. Who are you going to tell? Just that simple. Who are you going to tell? The, the shepherds told everybody they saw. I'm not even asking that much. That might be more than you can handle. Can you tell one person? You don't have a better excuse than the shepherds. You aren't busier than them. You aren't more of a social outcast than they were. Your story is no more or less believable than theirs was. Don't go tell people a story about tyrants and terror. That's not our story. Ours is a story of rescue and recovery. Ours is a story of a king who has defeated those who oppress us and now invites us to serve him without fear so that we can walk in holiness and righteousness all of our days. We talk about the DNA of FCC, right? Our core identity as a church. We say we want to we love God as worshipers. We want to love others as servants. We want to make disciples as disciples. And we say we want to tell our story as missionaries. And this is what we mean. When we say tell your story, we don't mean tell about the vacation you went on last year. Although, by all means, tell me about that, I suppose. What we mean is tell your story of what you saw when you chased down the goodness of Jesus. When you pursued the love of Christ for your life. When you opened yourself up to the forgiveness of God. And you saw that the promise of the angels was true. Tell somebody that. It's eight days till Christmas. Five days till the Christmas Eve services start. Who are you going to tell? Who are you going to invite? How are you going to tell them? You need to send somebody a text message tomorrow? Invite somebody to breakfast this afternoon. Give them a call. Say, hey, you want to go to breakfast? And then just while you're at breakfast, just, just tell them. Just tell them. You say, hey, let's go to Project Barbecue and get something to eat. And then we'll meet in the parking lot and drive to Red Pig. And, um, <laughs> and it'll be great. And, and while you're there, while you're there trying to figure out when that restaurant's actually open, um, you're going to say, hey, by the way, I know something. I know something. And I just know that you need to know what I know. And I don't know how you're going to receive this. And I don't know what you're going to think about this. But I just know that you need to know that there is a good king who wants to rescue us and lead us. And, and maybe you could come with me to Christmas Eve. They're going to be talking about it at my church. I'd love to have you with me. 
If you have been introduced to Jesus, this is your assignment. Run to Jesus. Run to him like the shepherds did. And then, go tell someone what you know about Jesus. Just a little bit you know. Let me pray for you right now. Gracious God, enter our lives. Enter our lives with the simplicity of the the shepherd's example. Some of us need to start where they started. Get up. Let us go to Jesus. I pray for those who need to today go to Jesus. And everybody here who knows anything about Jesus then has that second obligation. We must tell people what we know. I pray very specifically for these, the next five days before Christmas Eve services start. I, I am simply asking that everyone here would have the courage and the conviction to reach out to even one person and invite them to hear the good news. To tell them that we know something they need to know. We just, we just know they need to know it. And we'd like to tell them, and whatever that looks like, a meal, a conversation, meeting up at a coffee shop, an invitation to church. I just pray that everyone here would have the conviction to reach out to even one person in the next five days. Let us be obedient to you in that way, Lord. We ask for the strength of your spirit that we might be obedient to your command. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.